Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Seat on the Couch, where we try not to talk about how easy it is to get killed as a fire elemental. <laughs> My name is Alex. I'm Iris. I'm Marcus. And I'm Michael. And today, we are talking about the Disney Pixar animated film, Elemental. Directed by Peter Sohn, the film premiered in May 2023 and is the 27th film produced by the studio. The film takes place in Element City, a city aptly inhabited by anthropomorphic elements, that being fire, water, air, and land. The story follows Ember Lumen. A fire elemental as she tries to juggle both her dreams and her father's as he prepares to pass on the family shop to her. But a surprise visit from Wade, a water elemental, throws Ember's plans out of balance as she finds herself drawn to him despite her father's prejudice against water. The film was a commercial success, grossing $489 million on a $200 million budget and was met with positive to mixed reviews with the film having a 73% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's the critic rating. I think the audience rating is 94%. Excuse me? Yep. That's a lot more consensus than I was going to expect. Wow. Yeah. With critics praising the animation and world, while criticizing the story and poor handling of its immigrant allegory. And, as always, there will be spoilers. Alright, so... This film came out this year. It's all of our first time watching this film. Um, I remember hearing about this film just... I don't know how, because I probably wasn't watching movie trailers. This was still deep in pandemic times when the trailers first came out for this movie. But uh, I do remember hearing about it and hearing that, like, oh, it's going to be a story about a water elemental and a fire elemental. Um, that was, like, the teaser part of it, but I didn't realize it was basically Zootopia 2 until it actually came out, because... I mean, I Zootopia think... 2, this time with less foresight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're going to be making a lot of comparisons to Zootopia, because, I mean, it's all there. The comparisons, you know, we don't really need to comment on it. But uh, we're going to anyway. Uh, that being big city, like small town person comes to big city, I guess. Um, and institutional racism in this large city that gets resolved um, through perseverance of our main characters. Uh, that being said, I don't think I had too high of an expectation going into this movie. Um, I remember hearing about its terrible performance at the box office and i don't think i heard many good reviews about it so i went in thinking like okay it's not going to be great but i guess i'll just sit back and enjoy the visuals and enjoy the visuals i did the visuals were very good in this movie and i think i also have to agree that the story was not it for me it was, I don't know, it was, there were a lot of moments where things were either happening too fast or things were happening in a way that did not have a lot of characterful buildup for me. Um, mainly, I think what happened was we had two stories that this film was telling, uh, one being the immigrant allegory, 
uh, and the institutionalized racism side of the story. And then we had the rom-com story between uh, the fire elemental and the water elemental. And I think in in trying to fit both of these stories in at the same time, I feel like parts were missing from both sides. Uh, I, I am especially disappointed on the fact that we didn't really get um, an in-depth look at the the ramifications of living in a city not built for fire people and following that through line i'm disappointed that we didn't really have any other we didn't we don't know any of the other like elemental races quote unquote um like the we only have one error person who's the uh the boss or the mayor i can't remember what kind of position of power she has. Um, and the the other land elemental we have is Claude, who's there as the joke character. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't really like this film. Um, I think it's a solid second-tier Pixar film, um, if that makes any sense, like, amongst, I guess, like, the good dinosaur and um, uh, the other forgettables like what was that one with um chris pratt onward that was it oh yeah like, that exists I didn't yeah it's, that. it feels <laughs> like a that level of pixar film to me i mean that movie could be good it just came out like at the start of the pandemic so it just got mega fucked but yeah yeah i, uh, I mean point. i'm not gonna lie i was not like super jazzed about like another chris pratt be you know chris pratt as chris pratt movie <laughs> but yeah um all that to say i yeah, it wasn't my cup of tea, exactly. I was disappointed by the lack of, um, yeah, lack of follow-through for film. Also, final final point, Iris can attest to this, I was 100% calling <laughs> yeah. uh, that we would see a steam baby of some kind at the end of this movie, and I am sorely disappointed that did not happen. Like, every scene, every single scene, like, every time they would, like, glance at each other or, like, move within two feet of each other, he'd be like, Steam Baby? Steam Baby? Is it time for Steam Baby? <laughs> I'd be, just like... I'd be saying, Steam Baby grows ever closer. Steam Iris. Baby grows ever closer. Uh, I like what you said about there being no follow-through, because my overall take on this film is that they just kind of... They had a big document, they had a big empty word doc, and they wrote a bunch of shit down like, there are fire people, and water people, and the train is water, and the train spills water on the fire people. They just wrote a bunch of shit down, and are like, great, this is the 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 setting bible, and then didn't think about what any of the things they wrote meant, right? I mean, there's just so much happening, if you think for even a moment, about the setting and yet none of it is expanded upon in any way that actually meaningfully advances any parts of the narrative uh it frustrates me to no end that the central conflict is rooted in what honestly should be like criminal negligence that is just sort of washed over and also you know more importantly the whole like systemic racism aspect of this entire plot is just washed over the only racism that gets solved air quotes solved or addressed uh, is, is, you know, the fact that the, the dad doesn't like water people. Like, 
the if anything the message of the story is that you know racism on a personal level on an individual level is bad but racism on a systemic level is like fine and whatever uh i just think they really they should not have told this story i was talking to a friend about this movie earlier this week and i mentioned that they just really felt like they dropped the ball on uh, the very serious and very sensitive topics that they were telling the story with. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, it was like uh, my impression was that they had like a new animation system and they were just trying to, you know, do something that was visually appealing. And the story kind of grew out of that. And for the record, I agree that there's a lot of really beautiful animation in this film uh, and some pretty well, you know, choreographed shots, you know, which is a, a different type of artistry than the actual animation itself. But if that's your goal, if the point of it is to make a visually stunning movie, don't tell a story about systemic fucking racism. <laughs> that's my take. Also, for the record, I, I I think the one and only indictment of the romance that I need is that it is not entirely clear to me when they became a couple. They just, like, weren't a couple, and then suddenly they were. Like... They were in City Hall and he was just the beleaguered office grunt and she was desperately trying to get the citations revoked. And then suddenly he was bringing her home to meet his parents. And there was no transition. There was no, like, build up to it. It just sort of happened. And there was so much, so many, like, things that these characters did that really made no sense for them to be doing in that moment. I never felt like I was following what any of these characters were thinking or what they were doing or the places their arcs went. Overall... I'm really unimpressed. All right. Time for the hot take. Here it oh, is. Man. Here it is. I kind of enjoyed this one. Um, it's not the best Pixar film. I, I think that, you know, it definitely does not live up to the Pixar name in many ways. Um, but I think it is actually, it was all right. If, if I were to like make a word for this film, it's like, that was all right. Not amazing, <laughs> but it was all right. Um, and, a couple things I wanted to note. One, um, yes, I think that the movie ultimately does fail in its immigration al allegory for a couple reasons. One being a lot of uh, telling and not showing the sort of backstory about Ember's parents and stuff. A lot of that is very just told to her, which felt like there wasn't enough of like an emotional impact with those uh, scenes. Um, and a couple other things that I'll get to later. Um, but to me, at least it felt like there was a lot of, there was, it felt like there was a soul in this film. Um, the director of this film, he, he has stated that this film is like, he has used his own living experience being a first generation Korean American immigrant, um, to kind of, you know, portray the, the, the fire elementals in a, a light that he recognizes. He grew up in New York and, you know, the city is very New York in that sense, um, and I think that in in a lot of ways, there are a lot of details that he gets right in those aspects. I agree that he this film is not able to follow through because mostly of what Alex was saying. They're kind of juggling these two stories and aren't able to fully express the resolutions of both of them and kind of wavers near the end about them. Um, however... The one thing that I genuinely disagree with you, Iris, is I love the romance in this film. And I'll get to this later, but I actually think that we see a 
I think that the romance is the strongest part of this film. Um, you're talking about the whole they switch from being like acquaintances to a couple. I think that is very untrue. You can there are subtle like facial expressions that Ember like shows when they're at, for example, the the air basketball game, for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> you can tell that Ember is really like entranced by Wade's ability to just you know have energy and like have empathy for a lot of uh, for these people in this crowd and i got a lot of that um and i also think that you know the uh flight on the balloon perhaps i think allowed for a lot of really you know touching dialogue between the two of them as well that i really enjoyed um so yes i, I this film was not the best but i thought it was all right and uh that's my opinion Well, for the record, I brought this film to the podcast today, <laughs> and I brought it more because I was intrigued that it did well on Disney+. Plus. So, I, I, I suppose I'll make it clear that I didn't actually have much interest in watching the movie proper. <laughs> uh, I had seen <laughs> billboards for it on my, my, my commute to work. This is but the otherwise... couch confessional right now. <laughs> what, a, what a questionable motivation. Yeah, this is not a good way to lead off your, your <laughs> opinion of the movie, but um, this is to say that, um, Michael, I'm more or less completely in agreement with all of your takes, so I don't not actually think it's that much of a hot take, except the part where you said that you kind of enjoyed the movie. I think I lean a little bit on the other side. I think the, the <laughs> overall combination of things made it unenjoyable for me, but not by much, you know, like it was still, uh, I think second tier is perfectly fine, maybe top of top of b tier if we want to use that um <laughs> that's uh, it you y'all are saying you don't like this movie and you're putting it in b tier i don't understand i well well uh, and and here's the thing like you already i think you already mentioned it like pixar's expectations for their movies and we've discussed this on you know other movies that we've talked about from pixar before but like they've established themselves as like what if you gave xyz and feelings and they're all their movies are all tend to be uh bangers and they are definitely, they're, they're not hitting that same tier of excellence with their latest batch of five or six. And, you know, well, that's all subjective, right? But I think broadly, they are missing a lot of what made their original movies really, really good. You know, like extra, super S tier good, right? And uh, I'll, I'll talk about a couple of things in particular with Elemental as to why I feel like it missed a lot of those points that weren't, you know, to be missed before. Uh, for the record, I haven't watched Utopia. I don't really know really? what Utopia is about. Wow, yeah. we got to fix that. Uh, but um, the only thing, I, I did see that they, you know, compared these two movies because there's kind of, it's more like a, it's like a, like a racial injustice in the frame of Predator and Prey versus racial injustice in the form of incompatibility of different people. Which, you know, I wouldn't say is, is one-to-one, like a Zootopia 2 kind of thing, but I think I can see the similarity there if that's how that movie was, was brought out. Um, the movie itself, I think, uh, Michael, I really like what you said about how uh, Sohn got the details of that kind of immigrant lifestyle right. Because, I, you know, it definitely comes through his experience of being a first-generation genera- first, yeah, first immigrant uh, comes through in a lot of the small details with the way that uh the 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 fire the fire people the firish i guess they use that exactly once and never again in the movie (laughs) well Um, all the subtitles uh every time you know they they it was always speaking firish which uh, something about that really just like 
<laughs> yeah a, a race designed to encapsulate a lot of different you know like non-white races ends up being given a name that's also every single time the subtitles but... just said emotion fusion music plays okay i will admit <laughs> that was that. constant that was a little cringe <laughs> that was a little there's too much fusion i will i will admit that i mean this isn't fucking steven universe right like enough <laughs> enough but um I think that I think that's where his expertise as a director kind of ends. Like those parts seem to be the strongest. I think the romance is also well done. It's you know it's not necessarily that original, but it's it's a pretty classic you know cross cultural rom com, right? And you know as far as that basis goes, it's perfectly fine. Uh, his world building is atrocious, and I think that's what Iris was getting <laughs> to uh, earlier. But the the you that know is, to say yeah. that he didn't follow through, right? That's I think that's that kind is of the indeed same thing. what the first part of my complaints are about. But but like this is you have an opportunity not just in the first couple minutes of the movie to like you know establish the world and stuff, but you have an opportunity to really kind of encapsulate a, a lot of what you know makes the society tick and what kind of things are constantly being encountered between the different elementals and stuff and the only thing we get as as uh i think alex you said we have one or two representatives of the earth race mm-hmm. and one representative of the air race like those two races could practically not exist in the context yeah. of this movie and it would not change anything so why not just call it you know when fire meets water or some shit like that you know something you know obviously i'm not a shark boy meets but. lava girl <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i think that this this um i i yeah i came away with it being overall disappointed at what i got um you know it was fine i didn't hate the movie and i think it was fine to have watched it at least once but uh i i certainly don't understand a 90 plus percent rating from an audience on rotten tomatoes i think that's a, a complete miss to be honest so uh but we'll, we'll have more to talk about i guess about this movie and i think yeah it was overall yeah real quick just wanted to mention so peter stone his previous directing work at pixar was the good dinosaur and i will oh. admit I think this one is better than The Good Dinosaur, at least. Um, also, I also wanted to mention the world building, because I do agree that is it is it is it's it's pretty bad. I think that in effect, if you think about it a little bit, it all falls apart. However, I think that, at least from my experience watching the film, I didn't really think about it that much. And I think it's because it is this this movie is really steeped a lot in cliche, right? Um, Thank if anything, you. I, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because yeah. that was one of my biggest complaints about it, honestly, with that a movie that is trying to have a message about like breaking out of like assumptions about, you know, people from their background lean so heavily on cliche. Right. And, and, and what I mean by the cliche in this aspect is that it does lean on its cliche, which allowed me to basically ignore a lot of the world building because a lot of assumptions were like baked into my brain and so i think that if this movie was less cliched i would be more upset with the world building if that makes any sense but that's just my opinion yeah we're definitely going to talk a lot more about the world building well marcus since you're the one who brought this film to our doorstep uh why don't you start us off with your favorite moments and favorite characters for this movie uh sure uh characters is again going to be a little difficult there's not that many characters maybe (laughs) well i guess there's four so i guess 
If we play our cards right, there's one for each of us. <laughs> we'll each get one. <laughs> Wait, I'm, are you are you saying like what? Uh, Wade, Ember, Ma, uh, Bernie, and Cinder? Are those the four characters? Uh, yeah, I think those the. Are the four. Yeah. What yeah, about I guess Claude? You, I mean, if you really wanted to, Claude is uh, Claude is the the. I won't even say. Claude my is the queen. encapsulation of me hating kids, Can I, and I'm not even. Oh going my god! To say literally, anything. literally, Claude showed up, and Alex stops the movie and turns to me and is like, "Mark is gonna hate this character." <laughs> can I also can I also say one quick thing before I move on? The 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 marketing for this film was absolutely atrocious, and that has nothing to do with the film itself. It was terrible. Everything was about Claude. I don't know if y'all saw what? this. Yes! They were like, come see Claude in the new Elemental movie. And then all of the trailers were like kind of weird parts. And they wasn't even focused on the romance very much. It was, he, he's it was in very like weird. two minutes of this film. I know! He literally just, just shows up to like pluck they thought, his own armpit hair. They like, thought... That's the same line three times. They <laughs> thought <laughs> Claude was going to be Gen Z's like Jesus savior coming for the record. <laughs> that is what they, they thought. They thought he was going to be like the um, fucking, I don't know... I, they thought I really he was new Sam. This it's so fluffy. It's it, you know what it is. They thought he would so be like the minions for the. Yes, film. that's exactly what I was yeah. just about to say. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, but that's not a failing of the film. I think that's a failing on Pixar Disney marketing teams. <laughs> sure, but it is a failing of the film to put Claude in the movie. So. <laughs> I'll agree. I there think Claude go. was actually amusing at least the first time. The second time was like, okay, you made your point, but the first time it was funny. It was a rule of threes. <laughs> he had three appearances, and the third one, I think he nails it. So, <laughs> anyway, please. <laughs> I won't. Co- I won't even comment on this anymore. Um, well, I, I will talk about Bernie, uh, the father, Ember's father, because I think that he is a really accurate uh, portrayal of like a an immigrant uh, father. Very accurate, you know. And the, the dynamic that he has with Ember is very sweet. Um, he he it, like objectively isn't that good of a character to be honest like he he is you know basically racist against the water people and uh generally like <clears throat> is is working himself to death in a way that like em- you know everybody else can see that he shouldn't be doing this and obviously ember is waiting for the time where the, the father's going to be like okay i am officially handing over the shop to you and he just won't do it so I think that that's a very nuanced take on that character, and it didn't, you know, it didn't have to be that way. I think traditionally for Pixar, you would see something that's definitely a bit more uh, in the kind zone, I guess, versus in the not so kind zone. But uh, he has a couple of really great moments with Ember, has a couple of really great lines as well, uh, and uh, overall, just a really. And I think that that final scene where they both do the bow to each other, that was excellent. That was just that was great. That was a great way to send off the movie. Um, favorite scene. Um, I think I'm going to go for the first time they hold hands and it's a very sappy scene and obviously, you know, I enjoy it because of that, but, uh, I think it's also really nice because that was kind of the one aspect of the movie that I, I was really hoping that they might like lean into a bit harder. Like there's this stigma that fire and water people can't touch because either, you know, either one of them will effectively kill the other. Um, and this is the, this is the moment where that happens and, nothing bad happens like it's a tender moment they they you know embrace and, and, and they dance a little bit and it's really really cute and then and then nothing else happens out of it pretty much like they they embrace each other you know they embrace each other one more time before wade quote-unquote dies um and that's about it and there there is no follow-up on like the ramifications of the society knowing that now that fire and water people are actually are not going to kill each other if they're willing to just you know like each other and stuff 
and, you know, I guess that leans kind of into the world building being shit. And it kind of leans a little bit further out of the quote-unquote, you know, cliche rom-com that if you immerse yourself into, you won't necessarily have to pay attention to those those details. But for me, that really, I, I think that one particular thing kind of rubbed me the wrong way in the sense that, like, God, this is this is turning into me not like talking about my not favorite moment. Yeah, I was just about, that's of... what I'm like waiting here to like point <laughs> out. It's your favorite scene, you ended up talking about what you don't yeah, like about it. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, <laughs> are you sure no. you like you're not in our camp over here? <laughs> <laughs> the, dan- the dance was really cute, and it was a good scene overall. But yeah, that yeah yeah, I'll, I'll stop talking. I, yeah, just just to comment again on the the bad world building. Is this film supposed to... Is what's implied by this film during that touch scene... Is this the first time a fire elemental and watermelon elemental has ever touched? Listen, I, okay, to be frank, I think that we're just not supposed to think about it. <laughs> what? That doesn't I, make I, it okay, I, I think though. Michael's take is right. But, but, I mean, that's what it is. Like, like, it, for, like us, that doesn't... for us, it's the first time. It doesn't matter if it's happening. What I'm saying is that the world building is so bad that you just kind of have to forget about it. <laughs> that's all i'm saying that's not a that's not a, I don't know that, that's not I don't know that, that's that is an, an indictment on this film but i'm saying yeah. if you just don't think about it it for us yes it is so that's the that's the answer one of my biggest questions is you know why did bernie and cinder and ember all like risk instant death trying to fix their basement like why not just like go down the street and ask any old earth elemental to take care of it for them they're not because if they slipped them. off if they slipped off those boxes they were just dead on the spot i mean they're not like why would they trust other people that's the whole thing about this film is that they don't trust other people right i mean i guess i don't know they were very cavalier about it so my okay issue. like this is a thing in like you know it, like immigrant houses you kind of stick to your own i i think that that is a thing that happens like Okay, no, I'm not arguing with that. I'm arguing with, like, oh, let's just kind of, like, pile some cardboard boxes up. Let's hope they don't collapse or we're just dead. Cardboard boxes? And they were, like, like, some, like cardboard think... boxes, like, wooden crates and stuff. Thing. Like, oh, they're I they're think stealing we, we... the pipe with the... Yeah, it's all <laughs> I, I think what we've encountered is Iris is taking the very literal interpretation I mean, of fire for this people moment, on yes. top of water. I, for this moment, yes. Like, and then... I, there, are, there are broader, you know, less specific complaints I have. That's just the one that I brought up in the moment because I thought it would be amusing. And we've already talked about it longer than I intended to. All right. Well, I'll go next. Uh, my favorite character is Wade Ripple. Um, as I've said before, I think my, fav- my favorite part of this movie is the romance. And I legitimately think that Wade is an awesome character. He is boyfriend goals, in my opinion. And I do think, if if anything, this movie is innovative in it's it, the portrayal of Wade as a boyfriend. Because I legitimately think that he is a, uh, he's like an anti-toxic masculinity character, if that makes any sense. He wears his emotions on his sleeves. He has great familial relationship with his whole family. And he is able to be emotionally mature about a lot of things right he's the one that speaks wisdom to ember about her uh the tantrums i, I, I forgot exactly what uh she, anger says. i think is the word yeah it's, temper um, temper and uh and he says like that's just my body telling me something i don't want to hear and i think that's a beautiful message um i also think that wade is like is so supportive and i think that uh his role in this film um i think is beautiful and that leads me to my favorite scene which is when they first start going out 
I I think it's a wonderful montage of them going on little day dates or things as eventually it leads to the uh, dance on the, the, the pond, I guess. And it's a beautifully animated scene. Um, I love the whole Ember becoming different colors when she stands on the crystals and how they're genuinely interested in each other's characteristics that are unique to them. Wade's ability to ski across water, create rainbows, you know, all of this have to do with like colors and stuff. And Wade's also general interest in like, like her um, uh, Ember's uh, glassmaking, like Ember's glassmaking is awesome. And I think that um, he is like genuinely like, this is so cool. Like, I, I love this. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that combo favorite character, favorite scene. I really loved those parts of the film. Yeah. Um, I think I'll talk about my favorite scene because it kind of blends into what you were just talking about. Um, yeah, my favorite scene also has to do with uh, the glass making of uh, Ember's like glass making abilities because I think that was a way that they really explored the abilities of at least the fire people um, really well. Uh, we also got to see a little bit into um, the different abilities of the water people in Wade's family. But uh, the scene I'm thinking about is when they first get to the crack in the reservoir, uh, the the little runoff area. And um, they're like putting sandbags down at the very beginning um, in order to stem the flow. But they realize it's not working. And then Ember is able to basically like glass bend the entire um things shut um in order to stop the stop the leak and i think those combinations of two scenes the first scene when they were putting the sandbags and the second of her creating that tempered glass uh was great for like building their relationship building um how these two got closer and closer together and also, it was just very beautiful um, in the way it was animated and the way that they explored that sort of glass-blowing ability that Ember had. A uh, quick side note, though. I know Iris wants me to talk about this, but uh, the, the part where that tempered glass starts to break, like a tiny trickle of water starts running through Firetown, uh, I paused the movie and I was like, hold on. I think, like, the exact analogy this would be if this was, like, if they were humans was because they're, like, walking around without a care in the world as water is, like, running underneath them. I feel like, I don't know if I'd be that calm if lava was flowing through the streets because that's basically what it is. Like, if they fall in there, they die. Um, just a little funny, funny moment I thought of. But I guess it this just, goes... It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. If something antithetical to life was like flowing through the sewers, I don't know if I would be super chill. I, I mean, but isn't that what they were talking about? How the city was not built for fire people? Yeah, yeah. No, but no, I'm not, saying not that in it's like, like, like a like an everyday life like sense. If the if the lava were suddenly in a new spot and there was more of it coming, I, I'm I saying like it's, out like wa- it's going, it's flowing through the streets in a very visible way, and I was just tickled by how nobody seemed to take notice of it. Um. Anyways, I guess this leads... I'll steal Ember as my favorite character. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's really she's really good as uh, a main character. Very compelling. Um, I think her 
struggles with the loyalty she feels with her family, especially her father, and how that wars with uh, what she wants to do in life, her dreams, as well as her new relationship with Wade, is really well done. Um, I think that was like one of the strongest parts of the film, uh, despite how cliched some of the moments were. Because there was actual tension and was actual drama in what that question of what is she going to do? What, how will she resolve this? And of course, that comes to a big head um, when she like is at the retirement party and everything all spills out. No uh, pun but, intended. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was uh, it was really really good like really well done how that care part of her character was explored um i also think the whoever voice acted ember um did a really good job on making her like relatable enough that you felt um felt connected to her but not like whiny enough that she got annoying so i think she did like a really good performance but yeah um overall i think yeah, she's a pretty solid character. I don't think I have too much more to say. Yeah, I, I would I would say that the the voice performances of Wade and Ember, both of them, really, really you know, stole the show here. They they needed that to really kind of hammer home the the kind of rom com dynamic and making sure that those highs and lows were established as well as they were, and they did a great job. For two relatively, I guess, unknown younger actors, I think they did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so both my favorite character and my favorite scene have already been talked about um, by Alex and Michael, respectively. Talk about Mama Fire and her uh, nose. Mama Fire. <laughs> Mama Fire and her nose. I think the, I mean, this is one of those things that I understand there's no way in the world they would have had the chance to follow up on this. The implication that love is a tangible quality that can be smelled strongly enough to track someone throughout the city streets is fascinating. But I actually do want to talk a little bit more about Ember. Um, and in particular, the... I think the strongest bit of characterization in the whole film is this clash between Ember's own inclinations versus her sense of duty, her sense of loyalty to her parents. And in particular, uh, and I this I guess this is also rolling into my favorite scene, but or second favorite scene. I really, really loved this concept of, you know, the sacrifice so big, the there's only one way to pay it back. Uh you know, and obviously that is very much a narrative about, you know, being the child of immigrants, which is not something that I can speak to in any real life capacity. But it really felt so like such a well-balanced conflict. You know, I felt like, you know, I could follow very easily Ember's whole sort of uh, logical and emotional journey through trying to balance, you know, is it more important to follow what I want or to, you know, follow what I want for, like, what I want for myself and what I want for my father, right? Like, trying to balance the sense of, I care about my dad and I need to take over so he stops killing himself by working and I need to take over because that's what I've been preparing to do my whole life. And it's what I always thought I wanted. But hey, wait a second. What I really wanted was to take care of my dad the way he takes care of me. And suddenly I'm realizing that, you know, taking care of the shop is doing that. But it's also like against every other instinct I have. I think it was just a very well set up conflict. And I really liked the 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 breakup scene. I felt 
was very natural. You know, this sort of uh, like Wade coming in, the child of like what are implied to be, you know, like he's a child of privilege. He's a child of rich parents. Uh, and I, I appreciated that, you know, she sort of was like, no, you don't get it. Like, this is my life and I can't throw this away. You know, pushing back against the sort of very romanticized ideal of follow your dreams, right? And he's like, no, I have to be realistic. I think it was a, a, a well-motivated conflict for her character. And I think uh, I, I, it just it, it felt like one of the stronger parts of the characterization of just about anyone. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we talk a little bit more about, um, yeah, that sort of uh, that sort of romantic section of the movie because we we've been talking a little bit about this film juggling these two sides: this sort of racism allegory versus the romantic side. I think is this true that this is like the first Pixar film in a while that we've had like full-on romantic subplot as a subplot or like as a main part of the plot not even a subplot i believe it has can't remember the last time yeah yeah first time i'm not not sure they've ever made i mean it's honestly i I would say it's one of the more romantic stories of pixar's right like do you count wally and eve as like a romantic story because if you do then i guess that came first but i don't think there's another and ups romance limited like the first 10 minutes right yeah yeah, up I mean, is like, just... I think Up is like pervaded with the idea of romance or the idea of honoring a romance. But sure. yeah, in mm. terms of like an active, like an actively pursued, explicit relationship, this is, yeah, one of the one of the more present ones. Yeah. So now that we're all romantic experts after watching Love is War, uh, I wanted oh to get God. your opinion. <laughs> Wade I lost. Get... Oh, man. <laughs> uh, outcome uh, of today's battle. <laughs> Bernie lost. Oh God! Clock I mean... wins again. <laughs> All right, we're done. <laughs> yeah, what is what? What did you think about this? Um, this part of the plot because it is a very highlighted section um, of the entire story. It is what most of the drama is found founded on upon. Yeah. So I mean, I've already said that my favorite bit of this movie is the romance. I genuinely think that the romance is the good part of this film. Um, and I think that uh, really comes to a head with the sort of uh, not, I mean, there are metaphors about the, like, okay, so the main thing I wanted to mention is the ending, which is maybe we're skipping forward a little bit, but I like the part where when they're having the conflict at uh, Emperor's dad's uh, retirement, that, uh, you know, when they have the, back and forth of like i love you but like no wait i don't love you that's when the glass starts to crack um and i really thought that that metaphor of the glass being this sort of like uh symbol for their relationship about how you know the first time that they really start to feel for each other they're able to form this glass and you know stem the tide of the water but once the you know troubles start to come in then the glass starts to shatter and it you know becomes a torrent of water and stuff like that um and i i really like the kind of dynamic that goes on and i do like as i've talked about before the um the uh uh uh, thing the you know progression there it is of wade and ember's relationship as i've said before about the various scenes that they go on um because i do think that i i think at least it the relationship works and that's it um 
So I yeah, I actually, I genuinely like the romance in this film. Yeah, I mean it's it's very much you know your classic star-crossed lovers uh, narrative, right? You know these two people who circumstance pushes them together, and without too much pushing, they are falling in love, and there are these great existential forces outside of their ken or control who are you know they're pushing them apart. Um, so I think you know it's it's a it's not exactly groundbreaking per se, but I do think that conceptually it works. And uh, very briefly on the topic of that uh, scene you just mentioned, this sort of uh, visual metaphor drawn between the integrity of the glass seal and the integrity of their relationship. I actually agree. I liked that moment quite a bit. I think it was very well constructed visual metaphor in that moment. I think the the cinematography of that of that sequence was fantastic. I would have liked the metaphor a lot more if it had been uh, present in more of the film. I think, you know, because they, 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 I think the only other comparable thing to that, that metaphor was how the sort of the, the glass globe that Ember made uh, acted a little bit as a token of their relationship, but it was never strongly emphasized. And I, I found myself watching that. I was like, wow, this is a beautiful scene. And I really wish the narrative legwork to establish this had been done before this scene started happening. Yeah, I I think that um, it, it you know we I I don't I don't necessarily say I'm not sure it's accurate to say that like we take rom coms for granted, but they are pretty kind of cut and dry in the way that good ones kind of you know go through you know the the first kind of dates and then they have that little montage scene with the date you know their their romance is budding they have that kind of it comes to a head this is the the best part of their early budding relationship where they have the scene on the lake and they showcase each other's uh abilities and then they touch and you know hand holding very lewd yada yada <laughs> uh, and then uh, they uh they have that kind of you know the the breakup scene has to happen or the quote-unquote breakup because it's not an actual real breakup but the breakup has to happen you have to have the low before you get to the high that finishes the movie and i think that in every every, every part of that process you have to nail the tone of it in, in such a way where you don't kind of like... Because if you make it seem like they hate each other too much, then you can't really justify why they would get back together. Uh, or if you don't make them hate enough, and you're like, well, okay, that was just a contrived, you know, uh, conflict. There wasn't actually any chance that they were going to be, you know, breaking up for real. So I think that, like, this, this is not really too much commentary on what the movie actually did, just to say that the movie executed very well, which I think is more just saying what Michael and Iris were saying. Uh, real quick, so you know how uh, the Wade's inspection company thing, they use these, like, uh, pipes to, like, you know, send around all their stuff. Yeah. And um, the Wade comes in, you know, into Emperor's house via a pipe. And, uh, I, I, I mean, those are pipes, but the ones in the office are, like, shoots. So it's a meat shoot. <laughs> oh, my God. What? I... <laughs> Let the record show that even I am upset about this. <laughs> and when I am upset about a pun, you know. Uh, you gotta have why a would you Why would romance. you say something so controversial? Yet so brave. No, no, I explicitly <laughs> stopped. I explicitly stopped quoting. Listen, it took me a while to set that one up. I had to put in a oh, lot of work God. It was. I'm glad that you at least... Specified between the pipe and the sheet because. <laughs> In any um, case, I think I think I'll talk about like one 
hilarious scene that, again, I keep going back to, and I guess this would be a section we talk about after this, but that, that utilizes the the fact that they are elements um, to their fullest capacity um, was when uh, the mom uh, takes them into the, what's it called, the the love divination oh, yeah. room. Oh, well, this was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Because the whole contrivance is that she like, splashes some water on the fire people and they light a little incense burner to see how well they are, how compatible they are. And the mom takes, of course, Wade and Ember in there and she douses both of them with water. Wade's like, what's going on? Why are you giving me more water? Um, and she's like, see, go, go ahead, light it. Uh, Which, of course, by the Amber way, does. is like such a dick move. Let's yeah, point no. out. <laughs> I mean, but that is that's kind of like true to yeah, that's, that's uh, classic. A lot of families. Oh that... yeah, no, no, no. I, I I'm fully about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, go ahead, prove that you're you're worthy of my daughter. Like, nope. See, you can't do it. And what Wade <laughs> does is idiot. <laughs> you huh? goddamn piece of shit, piece of water. <laughs> you don't have any fire. You goddamn fuckface. Get I out of hate. Here. I hate water. I I love the dad just like yelling that at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> water. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that he like refracts the light like a magnifying glass. Not from... just any light. Let's let's point out it was Ember's it, light explicitly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's what lights the incense burner, like fulfilling the prophecy or fulfilling the criteria. <laughs> Uh, that steam baby will eventually happen. <laughs> oh my I'm god, like, you're back on this shit. I'm I'm devastated, still devastated that steam baby did not happen in this movie. Um, steam ba- stop trying to make steam baby happen. It's never going to happen. It's an inevitability at this point. But uh, the fact that they found like a clever workaround uh, for that sort of, um, of course, contrived romantic conundrum but they found it through a way using the fact that they are fire and water um again was like very clever and also again makes me sad that there weren't any similar things for the air and the earth people except of course the two trees plucking each other's fruits (laughs) shamelessly can we talk about how the the end credits had those two like pruning air quotes like on a boat in the middle of a public lake and like looking all embarrassed but excited about Listen, it like we can are... we talk about how those two earth elementals were very clearly fucking in a public place we are <laughs> in the credits of the movie on this show <laughs> i'm i'm i am sex positive in as far as you involve unwilling people in your king <laughs> <laughs> so not voyeurism yeah public indecency please Okay, like, hold on, yeah, but no, wait, no. this wasn't that's public. Like, this was... By the way, that's not just me, that's like the, the party line. No, like... I agree. I'm saying that this is not, they weren't expecting people to fly up there, were they? No, 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 no I'm but... not talking, I'm not talking about them on the balcony, I'm talking about the end credits of the movie. Yeah, they're on they a boat. On a boat in the middle of a very crowded lake. Oh, was it in the middle of the <laughs> lake? There's other boats fair, fair, all fair. around them. No, no, fair, fair. How many water <laughs> elementals were in that water? <laughs> oh, God, I don't even want to think about that one. I, I didn't want to talk about the fact that, like, Water existing in this society is like, what is that? What is that to water? Like, is it like not blood? Or We're not like... talking about that. We're not talking about that. A gingerbread okay? man sits in a gingerbread house. Is he made of house or is the house made of man? He screams for he does not know. I am a flesh golem. Eat me. I am going to ring this back to earth here. Um, 
Uh, I think you mean Alex, land. Also, They're called land. 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 <laughs> Uh, Alex, I'm I'm stealing your thunder here. What did y'all think of the uh, the 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 vivisteria? Is that what the name of the, yeah, yeah, uh, the yeah. flower? What did y'all think of that scene? That scene felt very out of place for me in Thank the sense you. that like it didn't Thank really you. make sense as to why it needed to happen at that point or at all. To be honest, like it was a cool scene and it was like it, you know in the grand scheme of their relationship and their budding romance, it does kind of you know there's a there's elements of uh, suspense elements. and action and thriller, uh, shut up. Uh, like th- you know, thriller elements to it and stuff, and like you know that makes for an exciting scene. But and you know, of course, they they go about how Ember you know wasn't able to see it as a child. But beyond that, it just kind of like it happens. Also, like Gale is involved too. So <laughs> it it just kind of struck me as like it the way like I the pacing is again another issue with the story with this story, this movie's story but uh it did kind of take me out of it for a second i was like why what are they doing why are they going to the abandoned you know garden central station and then they get the cool scene and then you know they they get out that's what that's what leads into the the touch but otherwise i'm not really sure what it served as a purpose yeah i think um this was uh, my take on it, my my writer's desk take on this, is that this was one of the ideas that was left, unfortunately, on the cutting room floor. Because a lot of the... We, we get snippets about the Vivisteria um, from Ember and like in the flashbacks um, about how it's a flower that can survive in any environment. Water, air, land, I guess fire too. Um and it's this like point of a part of her backstory where she was not able to see it and by bringing her to this place um and watching the flowers bloom i guess it's like a sort of double metaphor and one showing that this needs light to bloom or needs a combination of elements to reach its full majesty while also showing these two opposites working together to uh, to get to a common goal. I I do agree that it was it does feel out of place mainly because I think it's it would have been better if this Vivisteria subplot was the more central part of like Ember's reason why she I don't know maybe had has more of a prejudice against um other elementals or why she doesn't trust the system um right now it's just a sort of one-off flashback um that she has and is also just there in the the glass ball she makes if we had maybe a little bit more maybe one of our first scenes in the movie was them going to the the vivisteria and being turned away i think that would have been much more impactful as a sort of like uh, preliminary event that we can base not only this sort of uh, institutionalized racism um, subplot, but also while it it also becomes a core part of her character motivations. But as now, I think it's just there. And because it's just there, it's just a little out of place and is only one one step in the next of these two relationships uh, rather than being something like central to Ember as a character. I disagree. All right. Tell us why. Because the scene that comes right before is her dad saying that she is now ready to take over the shop. 
that is the culminate the 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 not the climax because that comes later but like the apex of the immigration storyline going on and her witnessing the vivisteria and wade's uh caring and generosity and just general like badassery and helping her do all this shit um is the apex of the relationship subplot and i think that what it effectively sets up is ember's conflict between those two pieces of her life where on one hand you have the she is finally ready to be the owner of the shop right maybe she could have done the stuff with wade if her dad really never saw her being ready so you know just go off with wade or maybe you know this wade thing is just kind of starting out they're still kind of not really together but kind of together there is this you know a little bit of that and then you know if she can become the member of the shop that's that's where it is but now that there are these two options that are on the table right the vivisteria section which leads into marcus's favorite scene i think and in my opinion what allows uh ember's feelings to come to the surface because of wade's um you know uh, thing that he did um is able to effectively put both of these goals of hers in the mind of the audience to be the real conflict nearing the end of the story. I do agree with some of what you're saying here, like from a constructionist perspective, if that makes any sense, like from the, from the, from the perspective of how do we put this story together? How do we slot these different ideas into a sequence that makes it make sense? I think from an actual on the ground, experiencing this as it happens it leaning into this scene there's not really a lot of like a, a place to like get this part started it's just sort of suddenly is happening right i i think like it the, the role it serves makes sense in a zoomed out way but if you take a closer look at it like the the immediately preceding stuff just doesn't doesn't feel like it bridges at all and it, it's two different perspectives on does it make sense does it fit here in the story and i i i think it 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 qualifies for one set of criteria and does not for the other yeah i think broadly well i yeah michael your point is good and i didn't i didn't recognize that it came directly after the um the uh the acceptance uh, of taking over the shop scene uh, that makes it a lot more clear about why they're two kind of crescendoing acts that allow her to kind of make that decision. I think I'm a little on board with Alex's idea of maybe not having making maybe not making it a flashback, making it more as in like a current day thing where they get turned away and then Wade is like immediate like no, I have to make sure you go see the Wisteria, the Vivisteria, you know. Might have made it a little bit stronger, but yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm, I I really do want to at least say that I do broadly agree with you, your uh, initial take, Marcus. I think there's a difference between saying that th- this is the purpose the scene served and that is a good, necessary purpose. And th- there's a difference between that and this scene was necessary to fill this role, to fill this gap. I think there are other ways they could have gone about making that conflict clear to Ember. I think there are other ways that they could have demonstrated the value and the joy and the beauty in a life where you're uh, accepting of other people, right? To put it in the most uh, cliched terms possible. 
And I, I, I think the scene loses something for the confusion that I also had when it started. Like, why is Gail here? Why is this so important now? Like, what's, what's motivating this moment? Uh, and I also, I, I do really like the, your idea, Alex, if uh, it had been sort of this initial conflict, you know, setting up uh, the seeds of the bigotry that they face, setting up this idea of, uh, you know, little girl watches her dad be denied and told no by the world, and she wants to be the one to tell him yes. And if that emotion can then spill out into her interactions with Wade, if she can have like a big sort of like, this was my dream, and this is the moment that I knew that like... I wanted my dad to have everything he ever wanted in the world. Something like that. I'm speculating wildly here. But it would have made more sense for that to be such an emphasized thing. And the way it seems now, it's just kind of like, oh, by the way, time for an adventure. So, okay, if I may, I think that that is less to do with the scene then and more to do with just the flashbacks. Because I agree that I think that the flashbacks are poorly executed because of what I said before where it's a lot of telling and not showing. And I also agree to a certain extent about wanting to emphasize the turning away from the Vivisteria Museum as being like more central to her character, I guess. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I, I Honestly, I think it's fine as it is in terms of like the impact on their lives because I think that there's so much going around when it comes to the racism against the fire people that like, Yes, it's a very specific example, and it kind of feels almost like, yes, this specific moment is the thing that made me believe in my immigrant family, right? It's not all, It's not just one, I, it's not one event always, right? It's about the entire lived experience of being an immigrant, right? And so I think that the scene, while yes, it suffers because of those, the lack of clarity of the flashback scenes, I don't think that's the scene's fault. I think that's the it's the flashback salt because I think that when I was watching that scene, I was like, it's really cool. Like I, like literally in my in my head the whole time, like Wade is boyfriend goals. Like he set this whole thing up. <laughs> I love that. That's a phrase that you're saying. Listen, me such joy. Tell me wrong. No, like, I'm not making fun of you. I'm genuinely serious. Only true facts being spoken. And here. I also love like you know. Uh, he can in set intensely sense when Ember is like, we're running out of air. And he like, you know, they rush out and spew out. And then, you know, Ember jumps for, for joy and like for doing for Wade for doing all this stuff. I think that the scene is good. I agree that maybe it wasn't set up as well, but I think that's a fault of the setup rather than the scene itself. I mean, really, this is coming down to sort of a more fundamental, like philosophical approach to how you view script writing. Right. Because a scene needs to be supported by what precedes it and what postcedes it. Is that a word? What what follows it? Succeeds it. Succeeds it. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. You um, it, it needs to be supported by the rest of the narrative, both before and after. And I think perhaps the difference in opinion there is if a scene is like because what I think what we're talking about here, at least how I would view this, is a scene that is not supported by what comes before it, but then supports what comes later. And it's like, in what part of the narrative is the flaw in that case? Right. You know, and I, I, in, 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 in what area should something have been changed? Right. And I think that my opinion is that I don't think that the scene should be changed. I think the setup should. And I think that if the opinion is swapped for other people, I think that's understandable. Exactly. And that's that's sort of my take. For me, it feels like uh, 
just on a very visceral level, like the moment that I started being like, what the fuck is happening is the moment that, you know, should be looked at. But in a more sort of uh, intellectual approach to it, I think that this scene that, you know, we, we think is not supported by what comes before it. I think that scene needs uh, is what should have been changed because it is not the only scene that could have supported what came later. I think there were other ways to achieve that same goal. That's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion that, yes, the it is a sort of... Uh, it's my issue is with the construction of the the build up to that that scene because the Vivisteria scene felt like it was supposed to be a big payoff. Um, I just felt that there wasn't enough build up for that payoff. Um, of course, what follows is the the rest of the uh, the romantic subplot with um, her and Wade touching for the first time. But yeah, um, I think for me personally, it was just just didn't have that buildup that I would have liked to see. All right. Well, I think we should spend uh, one last section uh, just talking a little bit about the ending, because I think you mentioned, Marcus, the the bowing scene is your favorite um, scene in the movie. What did you all think of the ending of this movie? At, ending as in, like, uh, almost very Romeo and Juliet-style ending of uh, Wade dying um and this climax at the very end of the water spilling through um the the fire town yeah what what are your thoughts about that um so i mean as i said i like the metaphor that they did with the glass and stuff i know iris talked about that um i think that it is unfortunate that they you know couldn't kill wade off because that would be awesome if they did um, that's exactly what I said. It, Literally, as I was watching it, I was like, man, if they actually stick with the decision to kill him, I will instantly gain so much respect for yeah, this movie. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, I think it's tough because I feel like a lot of it was just like, like, you can't do that children's movie, maybe ideology. You know what I mean? Because um, I, I do think that would, it would have worked a lot better if he did actually die, which is very morbid now that I'm saying about it. Um, <laughs> and like... Uh, but, but yeah, anyway, I, I, I think that in it's a fine climax. I think that the climax of the film, it's it basically is like it's fit. It's fit for purpose. I don't think I had a lot of emotional reaction to it, which definitely is saying something for Pixar. You know, Pixar's finalities are finales are known to be very emotionally charged. And this one really doesn't do it for me, which I understand as you know, uh, as a, a major reason why this film to a lot of people and p- me specifically at the end kind of falls flat. Um, I think that it is, I, I like the idea of the make Wade cry to make him live again. I thought it was funny. If anything, it just not, it, it felt a little bit off tone. Um, because again, I think that it would have worked way better if he actually died. And so I'm like, Oh God, they're going to cry him back into existence like well no 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 that's you've exactly touched on my issue with the ending is that it was predictable right exactly exactly. it it was it was really obvious yeah well i'm sorry to me at least to me at least it wasn't obvious how they were going to bring him back to life but it was obvious that he was are you saying that it was obvious that how they were going to bring him back that was that was obvious or i i 
to an extent, okay. right? I mean, it was it was very obvious they weren't going to kill him, but that's not, I mean, I think my biggest issue. Like, if it's a kid's movie, like, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. For me, it was the, yeah, the, the crying him back to life thing. Uh, there was too much emphasis on it earlier. The idea occurred to me, like, well before it was even sort of a, an idea and i just yeah i don't know i'm not trying to toot my own horn here i'm not trying to say like oh look at me i predicted it um it, it really felt like it just kind of was self-evident for some reason or another if i may i don't know maybe i'm dumb it didn't feel like that to me and so i thought it was a novel idea maybe there were there could have been, maybe there could have been better things to do i'm sure that is the thesis of this movie um but I think if anything, that was the prime opportunity for Steam Baby. <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. that's right. Oh, well, yeah. What if this Wade movie. gets resurrected as what Steam? Exactly. Is this? No. Yeah. What if no, he gets resurrected Steam as Steam Baby and he doesn't remember? And now, like, it's like a, <laughs> it's like his water mixes with Ember's heat, and it's their child. And now, but she's Wade gotta, is like, now gone, and now Wade is the okay, child. To be Fuck fair, off. that would have just that would fair. That would have destroyed having a storyline where you are your own resurrected parent. Now. Now, has hold been on. done. Hold on. Also, that would have destroyed any semblance of the world building in this movie. I know it's already bad, but it would have made yeah, it even right, worse. Right. <laughs> How yeah, many but, like, at least they would have made like thing. an emotionally brave choice, like a, a narratively brave choice, right? Rather than all the reliance on cliche. Well, something that really struck me was that there, there's a lot of emphasis on Ember creating things with her ability to heat, you know, turn things into slag, reshape them into different things. It almost felt like what I was expecting to happen because she, she kind of like, you know, there's constant scenes of them, you know, closing up pipes and shit with their hands, right? I, I for sure thought that what was going to happen was that she was going to end up doing something to save Wade, which we hadn't actually seen happen in the movie before. Like, Wade, so far, has been doing a lot of shit for Ember, and Ember has just been kind of like, will I, won't I? And, like, that's the kind of purpose of the rom-com, but... What I, I I think it would have been really cool if she had been able to, like, heat the metal or something, create a cage for them, so that Wade would have survived without, you know burning you know evaporating and like maybe the physics doesn't work out that way you create a metal bubble and then suddenly everything inside just gets super pressurized and he instantly vaporizes but that would have been an even braver way to end this <laughs> everyone dies okay okay well, may i if if very quickly actually talk into the physics of this because i actually think that that is the idea that does happen because the only reason that wade is still there is because they're in an enclosed space otherwise he would have like gone through the flu so like that's what that, that, that's what I figured. Like if 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 they didn't enclose the space, he would have evaporated and just shot yeah. up through the chimney and you know instantly died by being split into every atom in his body, which <laughs> would have been an even braver way to end the movie. But um, <laughs> I I think that I'm not saying it's a missed opportunity because I think I I, I the way that I took it was that. Uh, again, I knew that they were going to bring Wade back. I didn't know how they were going to bring him back, but as soon as they started doing the the line where he tries to make her or she tries to make him cry, I was like, ah, of course. They, you know, they kind of they didn't ham fist it, but they definitely put the gun on the table, put Jekov's gun <laughs> on the table, I suppose, uh, earlier in the movie to explain that this is a way that you know Wade expresses himself. So I think that that was narratively perfectly fine. Uh, I think that something I, there is something a little bit missing, I guess, for me though. That like maybe this would have been an opportunity for Ember to really show her love to Wade in a way that like Wade has been showing him her his love to her this entire movie. 
be soapboxing. So you're, so you're 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 contending that she is not good enough for him. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> that's a take. I mean, right? That's the whole thing, though, right? The story about how she was out of his, or he was out of her league, or something. Anyway, whatever. Um, I so if I may, I think that my biggest issue with this film is that the dad doesn't do shit, right? I, I mean, sorry, not he's, the film. He's the like old and sick. No, I know, but I, I'm I'm do? saying narrative. That's no excuse, Iris. I'm saying narratively, right? Like the whole thing is. It's kind of it's, it, it kind of it kind of pulls an encanto. Oh yeah, the, the, the whole thing is he hated water <laughs> it pulls people until he, yeah. <laughs> it pulls an encanto and he's forgiven after a couple months, right? I mean that is the thing. I mean my biggest thing is that the dad like getting over his hatred of water people was a big deal, but like the, they didn't the, fix the, the city. They for... didn't. Fi- they didn't. They didn't fix the fucking causeway. Come on! You just had to have like one three second shot after the month long time skip of the causeway like all bricked up and like safely sealed and like I know that is not a realistic depiction of how systemic racism happens in the real world because it's not that simple. But it's a fucking kids movie. Give us something to 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 indicate that you think that solving the systemic issues are as important as solving the individual ones. I mean, are we sure that Bernie doesn't still hate water people? There's no explicit... <laughs> he, he thinks Wade's one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, will, I mean... Oh my god, that's terrible, and it's also my new headcanon. So, I, I think that I think that the, the, the thing that the movie thought would solve that was the um, other people going into the shop. Who would, what, right, yeah, they have. They, they it's people? more like kind of a yeah. Well, there's there's wind and or like they have a, a yeah, shot, yeah, right. a shot of like how like now there's like a water shop yeah, across yeah. the street and there's like wind people and yeah, <laughs> they've it, been desegregated. Suggest that this just in Pixar thinks that Pixar thinks that Chinatown should not exist. <laughs> oh man, you could have McDonald's in Chinatown. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I think that'll do it for us, folks. Um, thank you for listening to our various chemistry, racism, and other topic talks. I think you um, need physics. <laughs> thank you for no, sticking No, it's chemistry. Duh, it's a rom-com. Hey. Oh, oh, that was good. <laughs> All right, this week's video that you can find online is thematically relevant, as always. You can find it. It's called Fueled, and it's created by Kilt the Cat Productions. Next week, we are concluding our trilogy with How to Train Your Dragon 3. So Alex isn't the only one who can bring the same media franchise over several months. (laughs) So go check that out if you want to uh, watch alongside with us. And please email us at bestseatpodcast at gmail.com if you have a show suggestion or just want to tell us about your own favorite moments and characters. Thank you to Ben from The Real Beast Podcast for our intro and outro theme. And once again, thank you so much for listening. And you will hear from us next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.